Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On today's episode, scientists are continuing to investigate root rot in pulse crops. It was a particularly bad year for pea and lentil crops in Western Canada this year. Extending the crop rotation has been the only way to manage the disease once it's present in a field. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada researcher Shama Chatterton has been studying this issue and is now recommending producers sample the soil for the presence of spores. Dr. Chatterton will explain the latest work on Aphanomyces root rot. It has been a difficult year, adjusting to the realities of COVID-19, the disruption of social events, the economy and interpersonal relationships. Fighting burnout and compassion fatigue is a real issue. Dr. Jody Carrington is a child psychologist from Olds, Alberta. During a recent virtual presentation, she talked about emotional dysregulation, what causes it, and the importance of face-to-face connection. After the break, Shama Chatterton. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. Dr. Shama Chatterton is a research scientist at the Lethbridge Research and Development Center, and she is a plant pathologist for pulse and special crops. Shama, we're going to be talking about Aphanomyces root rot. So explain what it is and how it affects pulse crops. Aphanomyces root rot is a disease of peas and lentils. Um, and as the name implies, it's a root rot, um, and it's caused by a pathogen called a Phanomyces eutyches. Uh, and this pathogen is in a group that we call uh, water moles, and that means that they require, a portion of their life cycle requires water to infect. So what we find in years that have quite heavy moisture, particularly um, early in the season, in May and June, this pathogen can be quite successful at infecting pea and lentil plants. And what it does is it basically decays away the outer root tissue. Uh, and then the root tissues can't perform the function that they need to, which is taking up water and nutrients. So we see a decay of that root system, and that leads to um, either reduced yields, and in very extreme cases, we see complete collapse of the plant. So when we look back at the growing season of 2020 across the prairies, did we see an increased incidence of root rot? Yes, 2020 uh, did end up being a particularly bad year for root rot. Um, I think because most areas of the prairies had excess moisture uh, in May and June. Uh, There were pockets of Saskatchewan, you know, southern Saskatchewan that fared better because they were a little bit drier. But certainly Alberta, um, kind of the central Saskatchewan and into Manitoba had very wet um, periods in May and June. And then what happened is it got uh, fairly dry into July and August. And that's almost the perfect conditions for root rot because you get the root rot coming in when it's wet, uh, then it gets dry. And that's when you really need the, the roots so the plants can withstand those dry conditions. But the roots are uh, decayed away or non-existent, and so we see a lot of collapse of plants. So, yes, unfortunately, 2020 was a, a pretty bad year for, for Aphanomyces root rot. And we don't have to go back very far to see the first cases of root rot. Explain when it was a problem and why it's important to have that information in your back pocket. Yeah, what we see, you know, when um, root rot, so Aphanomyces root rots were kind of... Um, 
we we confirmed the presence of the Saccharomyces root rot in Alberta in 2013 and Saskatchewan in 2012. So we've been tracking it um, ever since then. Well, we started surveys in 2014. And when we go back and look at the years that were particularly bad, um, it's years that tend to have those really wet conditions. So we would have seen that in 2014, uh, 2016, and then again in 2020. Uh, 2015, 2017, 2018 were fairly dry, so we saw the, the incident uh, was reduced a fair amount. Um, and so the issue is is that uh, when we're thinking of crop rotations or thinking of what to plant, where to plant peas and lentils in 2021, it's really important to go back and review your crop records to see when the last time you planted pea and lentils. And if that happened to be in one of those really wet years, uh, like 2016 or 2014, um, that will increase your risk of having a bad root rot year in 2021. Uh, so basically what we're finding is that environment when the last time you grew peas and lentils is a very important determinant of how your peas and lentils will produce or how, how they will fare in, in the future years. Shama, there has been um, a lot more discussion about soil sampling to check for those spores. Tell us about what you're looking for in those soil samples and uh, how producers can use that information to make better decisions while planning for the next growing season. Uh, yeah, so the pathogen uh, Phanomyces produces these resting spores uh, that they're called ooze spores. Um, and these are very thick-walled uh, resting structures that can remain in soil for a long time. So we are recommending uh, that a lot of management practices will, will kind of revolve around testing the soil for the presence of these ooze spores. Um, and we're moving towards being able to quantify the ooze spores so you would know whether you're above that threshold level in fields. Uh, there are two different methods to have your soil tested. Uh, one is a soil bait test and the other one is a DNA-based test. Uh, the soil bait test, basically you just take soil from your field, you plant peas into it uh, until the seedling stage, and then you just see how those peas did. If they look healthy, then generally you're good to go. If they have a lot of disease and if anomyces root rot symptoms, then it means don't plant peas or lentils into that field. Uh, the DNA-based test uh, is a little more complex where we take soil, uh, gets ground up, trying to crack open those ooze spores to release the DNA, which is then what we test for. So a lot of the seed, commercial seed testing labs, uh, do offer the DNA-based test, and some of them do offer the soil-based test. Um, the problem that we're finding with the DNA-based test is that particularly under dry conditions, uh, we sometimes end up with fairly high uh, false negative results, um, and that's because of issues with trying to crack open those cells to get the DNA out. Uh, usually, it, it, for whatever reason, it seems to be a little more difficult under dry conditions. So a big part of my research is trying to Im improve that test. But regardless, uh, we are still recommending uh, that producers get in the habit of doing a soil test uh, of their fields before they decide to plant pea and lentils in them. Is there a particular spot in the field that they should be collecting those samples? Uh, yeah, so again, it comes back to crop history and starting to keep really good records of what your fields looked like when you had, last time you had pea and lentils in that field. Uh, 
Uh, and so, you know, if you notice the last time you had pea and lentils in a field that the, maybe there was some yellowing spots and you can have a record or you can remember those where those were, that would be the first place to test anywhere you notice yellowing spots. If you don't have that record of where those yellowing spots may have been, then the next best thing is to go in and test from low spots in the field or areas where water tends to collect or move. So we'll often see yellowing first start at those the areas where water collects, so the low spots along water tracks. Um, oftentimes, even in a hill, you get side hill seepage um, that might come off of a hill and um, you know, those are all good places to uh, collect soil. We know that growing pulse crops has many benefits. Are there alternatives to pea and lentils if root rot has been a problem for a farmer? Yes, good alternative pulse crops are fava bean, uh, soybean, and chickpea. Uh, fava bean does well in, in the wetter years, and it also stands, uh, it's also resistant to aphanomyces root rot. Soybean is also resistant to aphanomyces root rot. Uh, chickpea is as well. There's some evidence that you that aphanomyces can infect a little bit, so we'll sometimes see a few of those oospores in the roots, but certainly not to the same extent that you would see it on peas and lentils. So those are all good alternatives, um, although I know that they're not adapt as widely adapted to Saskatchewan growing conditions as pea and lentil. We've been hearing um, often about the recommendations for extending rotations for pulse crops. Why is this so important? Uh, Extending the rotation is is really our only management tool right now. Um, And it's because those ooze spores, um, those those tricky little ooze spores that survive in the soil, they can survive for a number of years, uh, between six to eight at least. Um, maybe even longer, depending on uh, soil conditions and environment. Um, so that's why we need to extend those rotations between six to eight years if you're in a field where you know that you have uh, that's a phantomacy's positive, which again is why we are um, recommending that producers get into the habit of testing those soils. Important research that is continuing and uh, still so much to learn. The most important thing is, as I've kind of hinted at, is really knowing your field history. So start keeping records when you plant peas and lentils so you know if you're finding yellowing spots. And as well, review your past field history with pea and lentils because that's right now that's the best uh, tool. The best tool that we have is trying to understand your risk so that you don't spend all that seed on pea and lentils and plant into a field that ends up having a, a very high risk for aphanomyces root rot. Yeah, we are working hard on this problem, um, but unfortunately we're making fairly small increments towards management just because it's such a challenging uh, pathogen to work with. Thank you for speaking to us today. Yes, uh, it was great to talk to you. That was Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada research scientist Shama Chatterton. She is based at the Lethbridge Research Station. Up next, Dr. Jody Carrington talks about compassion fatigue during the COVID-19 pandemic. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Dr. Shama Chatterton is a research scientist at the Lethbridge Research and Development Centre, and she is a plant pathologist for pulse and special crops. Shama, we're going to be talking about aphanomyces root rot. So explain what it is and how it affects pulse crops. 
Saccharomyces root rot is a disease of peas and lentils. Um, and as the name implies, it's a root rot. Um, and it's caused by a pathogen called a Phanomyces eutyches. Uh, and this pathogen is in a group that we call uh, water mold. And that means that they require, a portion of their life cycle requires water to infect. So what we find in years that have quite heavy moisture, particularly um, early in the season in May and June, this pathogen can be quite successful at infecting pea and lentil plants. And what it does is it basically decays away the outer root tissue. Uh, and then the root tissues can't perform the function that they need to, which is taking up water and nutrients. So we see a decay of that root system, and that leads to um, either reduced yields, and in very extreme cases, we see complete collapse of the plant. So when we look back at the growing season of 2020 across the prairies, did we see an increased incidence of root rot? Yes, 2020 uh, did end up being a particularly bad year for root rot. Um, I think because most areas of the prairies had excess moisture uh, in May and June. Uh, There were pockets of Saskatchewan, you know, southern Saskatchewan that fared better because they were a little bit drier. But certainly Alberta, um, kind of central Saskatchewan and into Manitoba had very wet um, periods in May and June. And then what happened is it got uh, fairly dry into July and August and that almost the perfect conditions for root rot because you get the root rot coming in when it's wet, uh, then it gets dry, and that's when you really need the the roots so the plants can withstand those dry conditions, but the roots are uh, decayed away or non-existent, and so we see a lot of collapse of plants. So, yes, unfortunately, 2020 was a a pretty bad year for for Aphanomyces root rot. And we don't have to go back very far to see the first cases of root rot. Explain when it was a problem and why it's important to have that information in your back pocket. Yeah, what we see, you know, when um, root rot, so Aphanomyces root rots were kind of, um, we we confirmed the presence of Aphanomyces root rot in Alberta in 2013 and Saskatchewan in 2012. So we've been tracking it um, ever since then. Well, we started surveys in 2014. And when we go back and look at the years that were particularly bad, um, it's years that tend to have those really wet conditions. So we would have seen that in 2014, uh, 2016, and then again in 2020. Uh, 2015, 2017, 2018 were fairly dry, so we saw the the incident uh, was reduced a fair amount. Um, and so the issue is is that uh, when we're thinking of crop rotations or thinking of what to plant, where to plant peas and lentils in 2021, it's really important to go back and review your crop records to see when the last time you planted pea and lentils. And if that happened to be in one of those really wet years, uh, like 2016 or 2014, um, that will increase your risk of having a bad root rot year in 2021. Uh, So basically what we're finding is that environment when the last time you grew peas and lentils is a very important determinant of how your peas and lentils will produce or how how they will fare in in future years. Shama, there has been um, a lot more discussion about soil sampling to check for those spores. Tell us about what you're looking for in those soil samples and uh, how producers can use that information to make better decisions while planning for the next growing season. 
yeah, so the pathogen uh, Phanomyces produces these resting spores uh, that they're called oospores. Um, and these are very thick-walled uh, resting structures that can remain in soil for a long time. So we are recommending uh, that a lot of management practices will will kind of revolve around testing the soil for the presence of these ooze spores. Um, and we're moving towards being able to quantify the ooze spores so you would know whether you're above that threshold level in fields. Uh, there are two different methods to have your soil tested. Uh, one is a soil bait test and the other one is a DNA-based test. Uh, the soil bait test, basically you just take soil from your field, you plant peas into it, uh, until the seedling stage, and then you just see how those peas did. If they look healthy, then generally you're good to go. If they have a lot of disease and if Anomyces root rot symptoms, then it means don't plant peas or lentils into that field. Uh, the DNA-based test uh, is a little more complex, where we take soil, uh, gets ground up, trying to crack open those ooze spores to release the DNA, which is then what we test for. So a lot of the seed, commercial seed testing labs, uh, do offer the DNA-based test, and some of them do offer the soil-based test. Um, the problem that we're finding with the DNA-based test is that particularly under dry conditions, uh, we sometimes end up with fairly high uh, false negative results, um, and that's because of issues with trying to crack open those cells to get the DNA out. Uh, usually, it, it, for whatever reason, it seems to be a little more difficult under dry conditions. So a big part of my research is trying to Im improve that test. But regardless, uh, we are still recommending uh, that producers get in the habit of doing a soil test uh, of their fields before they decide to plant pea and lentils in them. Is there a particular spot in the field that they should be collecting those samples? Uh, yeah, so again, it comes back to crop history and starting to keep really good records of what your fields look like when you had, last time you had pea and lentils in that field. Uh, and so, you know, if you notice the last time you had pea and lentils in a field that maybe there was some yellowing spots and you can have a record or you can remember those where those were, that would be the first place to test anywhere you notice yellowing spots. If you don't have that record of where those yellowing spots may have been, then the next best thing is to go in and test from low spots in the field or areas where water tends to collect or move. So we'll often see yellowing first start at those the areas where water collects, so the low spots along water tracks. Um, oftentimes, even in a hill, you get side hill seepage um, that might come off of a hill and um, you know, those are all good places to uh, collect soil. We know that growing pulse crops has many benefits. Are there alternatives to pea and lentils if root rot has been a problem for a farmer? Yes, good alternative pulse crops are fava bean, uh, soybean, and chickpea. Uh, fava bean does well in, in the wetter years, and it also stands, uh, it's also resistant to aphanomyces root rot. Soybean is also resistant to aphanomyces root rot. Uh, chickpea is as well. There's some evidence that you that aphanomyces can infect a little bit, so we'll sometimes see a few of those oospores in the roots, but certainly not to the same extent that you would see it on peas and lentils. So those are all good alternatives, um, although I know that they're not adapt as widely adapted to Saskatchewan growing conditions as pea and lentil. 
We've been hearing um, often about the recommendations for extending rotations for pulse crops. Why is this so important? Uh, extending the rotation is, is really our only management tool right now. Um, and it's because those ooze spores, um, those, those tricky little ooze spores that survive in the soil, they can survive for a number of years. Uh, between six to eight, at least, um, maybe even longer, depending on uh, soil conditions and environment. Um, so that's why we need to extend those rotations between six to eight years if you're in a field where you know that you have uh, that's a phantomaces positive, which again is why we are um, recommending that producers get into the habit of testing those soils. Important research that is continuing and uh, still so much to learn. The most important thing is, as I've kind of hinted at, is really knowing your field history. So start keeping records when you plant peas and lentils so you know if you're finding yellowing spots. And as well, review your past field history with pea and lentils because that's right now that's the best uh, tool. The best tool that we have is trying to understand your risk so that you don't spend all that seed on pea and lentils and plant into a field that ends up having a, a very high risk for a phantomyces root rot. Yeah, we are working hard on this problem, um, but unfortunately we're making fairly small increments towards management just because it's such a challenging uh, pathogen to work with. Thank you for speaking to us today. Yes, uh, it was great to talk to you. That was Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada research scientist Shama Chatterton. She is based at the Lethbridge Research Station. Up next, Dr. Jody Carrington talks about compassion fatigue during the COVID-19 pandemic. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.